0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Shop, and with me is the man, the myth, the legend, Ken Sumner with Sweat Equity Fitness in our Rashido Martial Arts Studio out of Sylvan Lake, Alberta. Ken, how's it going, man?
2: I'm doing fantastic, and how's Adam doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing pretty good. A little tongue twisted there in the beginning, but we're we're going there.
2: Absolutely, so, it's definitely for for some people, it's tough getting that name, but it's they love it. They get into it, and it what it represents is just amazing.
1: Ah. Uh, I'm excited to, to learn more about that. I love certain gym owners, um, you know, and, and fitness facilities, you know, like the name and the 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 history or the 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 reason why they decided to name it. So I'm excited to dive into that. But before we do, what I want to do is go ahead and open it up and just kind of tell our listeners a little bit about you, you know, your experience, you know, what led you down this path into this industry and how, you know, both of these facilities came about.
2: So um I mean, my background, um, my background generally came from the martial arts side, and I kind of sideloaded into the fitness side of it that way. Um, You know, I've I've done martial arts my entire life. I, you know, I started when I was just before my fifth birthday, Uh, me and my dad did martial arts together, and then me and my dad and my sister, and then me and my sister and my mom, and we did that our whole lives, and um, I started teaching martial arts and I joined the Arashido school out of Red Deer. So the next town over from where I am now, um, joined them when I was 15 and just sort of continued to grow. And then you know, when I was 21, I had the opportunity to take over the Arashido martial arts school here in Sylvan and took, jumped that opportunity. Uh, that was you know, that one was, you want to say about having good luck, right? And that was kind of one of those things. There was an opportunity and I was prepared uh, to jump in. And because I was prepared, I, because I was ready, I was able to take that step. And so I jumped in and that was 2008. So I was 21 there. Uh, I'm 36 now. Uh, I've been running the school here in Sylvan for was it 13, 14 years. Uh, I guess we 15 years this, this year. And then, uh, during COVID, uh, you know, the other major gym in our area shut down. And so they were forced to close and me and one of my, my students, who's also a buddy of mine, um, who had previously tried to buy the, the gym that shut down. We're like, Hey, let's get together and let's do this. And, let's you know let's do our own thing and you know a there's a, an opportunity here in the market and b you know i know for my martial arts guys this is something that's going to benefit them having the gym having the weights and the the cardio and things like that so we were really able to to do that we started kind of putting it together sort of april of or may of 2021 and then uh I think it was November 24th of 2021 we opened our doors for sweat equity fitness and that just that idea of that you know putting the work in right sweat equity putting the work in um, to get what you need and that was the the goal to get that and now we've been open yeah just over a year we had our year anniversary just whatever eight weeks ago nine weeks ago and just continuing to grow that way and, so for the, for the fitness industry, you know, I definitely sideloaded across into, you know, having the martial arts school and then, okay, let's, let's put this other stuff and, and help these other people that, you know, to improve their lives physically, emotionally, mentally, um, but don't want to do the martial arts. So let's sort of open that up to a broader side of the, of, of my area here.
1: Awesome. Love it. So both facilities going on, um, talk to me and the listeners, um, about the, 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 you know, how the, the name, you know, the, the significance behind the name and, you know, like, like what it means to have it as a, as a part of your, uh, your business
2: so i mean the sweat equity there's a couple different sides to it too or a couple different sides to it i mean when it comes to fitness the sweat equity is what you need there's no that's the wonderful thing about fitness wonderful and sometimes terrible things about it is there's no cheating you when it comes to your fitness there's no cheating you you have to be consistent you have to put the work in you can't you know there's no pills or no um, nothing like that you can't cheat it you have to put the sweat equity in to get the goals right and I, of course I you know uh, steroids is a big thing in the marsh some of the martial arts side right now people doing that even I mean even if you do do steroids I, I don't put that right out that's not me that's not what I stand for but even if you do do that it's not you still have to put the work in you still have to put the work in you still have to to do do your daily work do your do your lifts do um, whatever it is on your workouts as well as eating right eating properly knowing that um, because you can't out train a bad diet which is one of the things that I struggle with Uh, but on the on the other side For me personally, when I came to to running, you know, when I took over Arashido Martial Arts, I didn't have a ton of money. So a lot of my contribution towards growing the school and growing that was the sweat equity. I put the time in, you know, I, I was there, I, you know, I didn't get paid, but I also didn't pay to get everything together with it. And then on the flip side. So when, so I'm, I'm, I run a Roshi myself. That's mine. All hundred percent. And then with sweat equity fitness, I do have a partner, uh, I've got my buddy, Rob, who, again, we talked a little bit earlier about, he was looking at buying the previous gym that had shut down and for bringing him in, he, um, I gave him the opportunity. Okay. Here's your sweat equity to, to be a partner and to be a part of this, uh, this partnership in this gym, that way. So there's a couple different meanings for me when it comes to the name there, sweat equity fitness.
1: Awesome. Um, great to hear that, you know, uh, you know, you kind of said it, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, the equity it's, you know, what, what, what do you put into yourself to be a value and create value for yourself to others? So it's kind of like, you know, you're investing in your own self to, you know, make that investment for others. Um, and, you know, touching on, you know, the physical side of things, you know, with like steroid use and stuff like that. It's like, you, you, you still have to work. You can't just have an easy way out. Like, yeah, sure. You might have something that's going to help, but you can also ruin that very, very, very quickly, you know? Um, So, you know, it's honest, hard work, you know, whether you're, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, if it's martial arts, if it's fitness, if it's bodybuilding, if it's, you know, just looking to become a healthier version of yourself, you know, you got to put in that work. So definitely nailed the head there, you know, with the name and, you know, instilling in this martial arts area. So um, talk to us about, you know, big, big goals, you know, like where do you want to take, you know, the, the martial arts and then where do you want to take the gym? Um, is there different avenues or is it kind of like one big goal for both businesses?
2: Yes that counts as an answer, right? (laughs) Uh, So it it is um, that counts as an answer. And um, that's one of those things where I do sometimes it's like, all right, we gonna do this or this. Yes. You know, it's one of the, there, there's a bunch of different stuff. I've kind of got planned for, for the different things we've got going. Um, So, one of the uh, I'm just trying to think about where I want to start here. Sure. So let's maybe start with uh, the gym and, and growing it that way, so fitness. So one of the big things that I've got, my plan is to, to grow it. Um, the goal right now. So we've got about 70, 75 members right now that train with us and work with us. So, part of the thing I want to do is I want to grow that. So I want to, you know, double or triple, we're still in that growth phase, being a, a new business and, and growing that way. So kind of grow that and really build out the community for the people that I've got. And so growing, you know, there's a couple of different aspects to it. One is obviously, you know, we want the, we want to make some money and we're, we're still not, we're not taking a ton of money out of the business right now, all the, the revenue we've got is being reinvested into it. So part of it's to grow and to have that ability, you know, have a, a war chest or a, you know, a fallback plan and, and growing. That's part of it. The second is just to grow. And at some point I'd like to add extra services. You know, I, I would really like to have like a sauna and things like that, you know, have some more space, have some more functional space. So the more members and people in our, our group, the more we can build out and grow those services. So there's a couple different sides to that. Uh, For the martial arts school, there's a, you know, kind of in the same boat grow, have those things that way. There's a couple logistical things that I'm working with, but there's, some growth in in building that way the i've got some guys that are coming in right now and they're aspiring professional fighters so i got a couple guys like that right now that i'm playing with and for them i'd like to be able to take them okay right here's the blueprint you get in you get in the gym, you lift your weights, you run on the treadmill, you do this. Okay. You get in and you, you train and you do this, you do this. Okay. Now we can, you know, get you up and get you to that professional level and grow that way. So a couple of things that way. And then my, um, I've got a personal side and what we call the, the PCC or the, the purple country club. So this is my sort of, super hilarious you know i want to buy me and a me and a buddy of mine we want to buy some land and you know 10 acres build some houses out there build a training facility so we just live there all the people that live there we train together and live together and and play that one so that's okay that's maybe five or ten years down the road but sort of it's sort of like a commune for you know working out and and doing martial arts So I got a couple, couple different things I'm playing with on that, (laughs) and I can get a little bit deeper into any of those if you, if you want. That's kind of the, the short version of what I'm working on.
1: Yeah, no, it's you know some great goals. Moving on, you know it sounds like the the biggest thing is you know you want growth inside both facilities. Um, You know, double or triple your members with the sweat equity fitness. I think that's a great goal. Um, you know, obviously the more members you have, the more you can add services such as, you know, saunas and things like that. So, um, with that being said, let's talk about services really quick, you know, sweat equity fitness. Let's talk about that one. When somebody is to walk in your facility, maybe they're, a a, a prospect and they are inquiring about a gym, you know, kind of what's going to be that expectation. What's going to be that visual for them when they walk in, how are you going to sit them down? Um, you know, whether you go through a, uh um a fitness uh questionnaire or something like that you know a tour of the gym kind of kind of walk us through like that that elevator pitch
2: oh i'm just thinking i'm not uh rob's done a lot more of that side of it of the business that way but you know so either him or stephanie who uh, the wonderful lady who runs the front desk and our main personal trainer, she'll bring you in and, you know, start going through, okay, what are you trying to do? Uh, Are you trying to lose some weight? you trying to tone up. you trying to put on muscle. Are you trying to increase your cardio sort of where are you trying to improve? She'll take you through, um, you know, a tour through our facility. Okay. This is what you're doing these. And then, okay, what's, what sort of timeline do you have and what helps you need to do that? So, okay. Do you, All right, you're coming in. You just want to maintain your physical level that you've got right now. All you need is access to the equipment. All right, cool. Awesome. We've got our 24-7 access that we've got kind of put together that way. Great. Okay, we'll do that. Um, You want to lose some weight and you've never really spent a lot of time in the gym before. All right, so we've got um, our Kickstarter program and our – support program so we'll bring you in and okay we'll take you eight weeks we're going to be real focused on trying to build some new habits and okay you know this is the make sure you're doing this you're eating this you prepare your food this way you've got snacks you've got pre-cut whatever ready in the kitchen so that you're not having you're not going out and grabbing something from the fast food joint or the supermarket that's not going to fit your macros and okay we're going to start explaining we don't get super deep into it to start with but some more general information and then okay we're gonna you know check in with you how are you doing all right it's wednesday how are you doing today are you focused are you losing your mind um, and then continue on okay now we're gonna track it all right weight um all right what's your what's your scale the number and which every that's such a weird thing right and that's i'm sure you know everyone's obsessed with their with the number on the scale right but that is okay. the the least important number that we can really consider right so okay fine we'll put the weight the number on the scale but we're going to look at okay what's your your measurements are you Um, and then what's your body fat we're going to do your body fat percentage and uh, we we just started doing it Uh, i can't remember if we just started or we're just or about to start is what's your physical okay can you do push-ups can you do sit-ups can you do pull-ups okay we're going to try to increase that number over the course of your training and that's the martial arts i see it all the time where it's all right i'm All right. I'm 200. And I mean, me personally, right now about 210, 215. uh, Christmas was terrible for me. My entire, I got, you know, I'm married. I got three kids. We spent 11 or 12 days over Christmas being sick. Nobody, you know, we barely left the house. So there was like two days where nobody left the house. Everybody was just sick, and I ate everything and laid on the couch for like 10 days. So I put on 10 pounds over Christmas. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm somewhere in that. Okay, let's call it 210, 215. That number doesn't matter when it comes to how fast I can run, uh, how much I can lift, how, you know, all these things. Uh, there's guys, I mean, you know, look like at guys like Patty Pimblett, who's fighting in the UFC, and that. That dude fights at one fifty five. When he's fighting, you know, night before he's one fifty five, and two weeks after the fight he's two fifteen. He's the same as me. I don't understand this. Then I got my boy Ian, who's one of my uh, one of my amateur fighters. The dude's two fifteen, and he's shaped like a Dorito in a good way. <laughs> the dude's got he's probably eleven percent body fat. And he's a cop, so he's a you know a cop member of the RCMP up here. So he does that. Um, the dude shredded, and the RCMP look at him and they're like, "Your BMI is too high, so you need a personal trainer." Like the dude's got, you know, if he starts losing too much more weight, like you, you can't take any, you can barely take any more fat off the guy. If, if you start taking more fat out of this guy, it's literally unhealthy. You're going to be hurting him. I'd like to see, a, you know, one or 2% more body fat on him. The dude's so lean and he's jacked, right? He's yeah. The dude, um, he easily works out at least one a day. Most of the, most of the weeks, two days. And he, this is what he does, but. that, that number on the scale is so misleading, right? Yeah. Scales, uh,
1: scales can be, uh, (laughs) your uh, worst nightmare in some cases, you know, especially, you know, a lot of, a lot of females out there like to, you know, look at the scale day in and day out and stuff like that. And, you know, while there's, you know, nothing wrong with that, it, it depends on, you know, how you, you know, you take that with a grain of salt and know that the body does fluctuate um and water daily you know depending on you know how much you drink how much you don't drink you know what do you eat the night before things like that and we obviously know that so um you know that scale it's like you know to to educate on on true like you know weighing and you know when to weigh and you know how frequently you should weigh and stuff like that so yeah
2: totally went off on a tangent on a personal like the something that just bothers me where people just get on that where Yeah. The, the number is so it, it it only matters in very certain circumstances, right? You can, I mean, you can look at the trend and how it, you know, how it goes over time and that side of it. And it's a good, you know, it can be a guideline, but the, well, and you can skew that number so significantly. Right. And that's, I mean, so from the martial arts side too, and and fighting and things like that, where you got weight classes, and it's you know I've got guys, and you know we've I've done it, and I've got guys that done it. You know, all right, you got two days to weigh in, you got twenty five pounds to lose. Let's do it. All right, let's get her done, and it sucks. It's terrible. It, it's mentally it's hard, physically it hurts. But all right, cool. I lost twenty five pounds in forty six hours. All right, we're gonna weigh in. Go stand on the scale. Good, I got my official weigh in. All right, now let's put seventeen of it back on. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Right, like it's just the the that number is like it's just easy to easy to to game and easy to scale and things like that. Right, and that's it's one of my personal. You know, I've had lots of guys and lots of rants the last couple months about weight cutting and and that where I've got new guys coming up for fighters and they're like okay let's you know all right you know you know I naturally walk around around 200 I'm like excellent you're gonna fight at 170 like what do you mean you're gonna fight at 170 like, you're gonna fight at 170 and I'd really like it if you can make it at 155 too uh what do you mean like okay we're gonna you know we're gonna get you in and you know, we're going to spend, you know, you're going to do an eight week camp and you're going to diet properly and you're going to exercise and and you're going to diet down 15 pounds, in eight weeks, which is, it's on the high end, but it's not unusual. And then you're going to water weight another 30 pounds or, sorry, another 15 pounds to 20 pounds and you're going to make 170. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard, but that's what everybody's doing. <laughs> yeah it's, so it's definitely do not it.
1: something right something yeah. you know only sustainable for a very short amount of time not uh
2: you know long long term correct yes and that's yeah that's where you know, yeah your your competition way to your um competition if they can both you know fighting martial arts but even Bodybuilding or that kind of stuff. Bodybuilding shows, fitness shows. You don't stay at that weight for more than twelve hours max. Right, you're gonna go back up right away. I right? mean, you finish, you're gonna have something to eat. You're gonna, um you know, you're gonna drink some water, and you're gonna put on that weight, that number right away. And you're you're absolutely not staying at that number. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just yeah. You know, one of those. Da- I've definitely been ranting and having that conversation with lots of the people around me the last the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, how did I get on this topic again? How did I get on this rant? Right? Yeah. So oh, all God, the, this- bringing people in and getting them signed up for the gym. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> like, and come then- on in
1: um so let's talk about that let's talk about people coming into the gym so you know on average you know whether it's a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis you know how many potential prospects are you seeing walking through your door that you know you have the opportunity to convert into a member
2: yes um I, so I, my goal for the uh the last little while was to figure that out so uh I've got a, a mentor out of Calgary. So my karate instructor and one of his partners, uh, I have a weekly call with them. We spend an hour, anywhere between an hour and three and a half hours at a go of, okay, let's go through this. Let's go through that. What are you doing with this? How are you advertising that? What's the, the goal and what's the details and all right. Or things like, I got a staff member and he's doing this, or I got a staff member and they're, you know, she's being disrespectful or do, you know, what's give me some advice. um, So for him, he's been teaching martial arts since 1986. So he occasionally knows what he's talking about. Right. And she's been running businesses, uh, martial arts schools, as well as, I believe she had a gym for a little bit, uh, a functional fitness gym. And she has a pod pottery studio now, which I thought was totally random. She's like, I like it. I got no problem with that. It just seems random. Uh, But I go through them and uh, we're trying to figure out what that is. I know with the the martial arts school, I've got about uh, 25 people on average per month kind of coming in looking for stuff that way the gym um i i'd like to say it's sort of similar it might be a little bit higher maybe 50 percent higher but i don't know and this is the problem that i'm having right now and one thing that i'm really getting flack for from uh, both mike and lynn is i re i've used my feelings a lot to make decisions And I need to stop that because my feelings don't necessarily reflect what the actual numbers say. Right. And this is one of the things that I'm having right now when it comes to, as we grow, as we uh, scale up, I can't use those, those feelings anymore. Cause they, they, sometimes they're reflective of what, is true and sometimes they're not but the you know i gotta be able to okay and if i'm at you know 30 or 40 members it doesn't matter as much right 75 80 it starts to matter we start to hit 150 you know 200 it really matters what those numbers are saying right so long answer to a short question I'm not hundred percent sure when it comes to that, that's what my goal is to figure out Uh, that was my homework for this week was to start figuring that out. And, but the, I have my actual data for the martial arts school. Uh, We're about 20 to 25 a month and it varies obviously month to month, but I believe the gym's sort of in the same boat, but that's something I got to work on, figure out some way to generate those numbers generate or get reports on i've got you know we run facebook ads and uh, we've got google ads running and that kind of stuff so uh, we do have some leads so if i can figure out how to aggregate and uh, um, get some useful information out of that data would be part of part of my homework for this week
1: yeah absolutely you know it's always a good key to you know know exactly what your numbers are and you know where the improvements need to be or where you need to pour more into to keep those improvements coming or those results coming. So um, good answer to that. You know, you talked about, you know, you're doing Google ads and, you know, marketing and Facebook and uh, things like that. Um, You know, if you have the answer, if not, it's totally okay too. But you know, what, you know, where, where do you feel like the, the ROI is coming back on that? Are you guys getting a lot of leads coming in that are your, you know still having to contact is it kind of like hit or miss kind of walk us through that a little bit
2: i just throw my hands up i'm like i have no idea (laughs) i got no idea um yeah i don't have a, a tracking system or anything set up for that i i don't know
1: yeah no totally okay um so you know jump jumping in you know you talked about you know, um big goals, you know, you want to obviously double, triple your membership base, be able to add more services, things like that. Um, you know, if you were to step back and say, you know, between the two facilities, you know, does do you feel like one benefits the other more or one complements the other more? Um or one takes away from the other one more kind of, you
2: know, what's your experience been with the two? Well, that's an interesting question. That's, that's one thing I hadn't really considered a whole
3: lot. Um, Oh man.
2: I I don't want to say that one kind of takes away from the other in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I really tried to set them up to be complementary. That way, uh, you know, one complements the other. It, it the goal is not for them to to take away, or but the goal is to benefit for each other. I would say that. So this is that that thing again. Um, we call it my my blue decision making and the the colors test and the colors personality where you you go through that if you've have you been through that before adam or um i have not personally i
1: feel like it it sounds familiar though but i can't personally say on my own
2: okay so it's again it's that sort of idea where the blue is that the feelings right and green is the the data finding the, the data stuff so but that my blue my blue says that the gym complements the martial arts school more in the fact that the martial arts people are more likely to, to go to the gym. Whereas the people that come to the gym don't tend to f- access the martial arts as much. Right. And part of that's just that, you know, the demographics, the, the, the pool of people that like to do martial arts is, is smaller than the people that go to the gym that like, just general fitness so the they don't overlap as much um, and part of that could be the fact that i've been you know the the age the gym's only just over a year old the martial arts schools you know, this will be our september will be our 15th year of me running it here at sylvan so there there is some age differences where you know i mean i've got a uh, about 145 or 150 in the martial arts school so it's definitely significantly larger that way but again you know I've been running it for 15 years as well and uh, COVID COVID sucked COVID sucked for us (laughs) Uh, I think it did for everybody yeah well and we were definitely quite we were hit quite hard. Um, uh, I don't know about I mean restrictions. We were basically closed for uh, I think it was eleven or twelve months out of twenty four, like closed period. You can't open your doors, and then severely restricted for five or six of the other months. It was uh, on a on a business side, it was terrible right? It's, we're going to spend probably the next two years um, getting back to where we were prior and then two years after that, you know, paying off all the loans that we took out to to keep operating. So it's gonna, you know, it, it really affected us that way. And, you know, we lost a lot of, we lost a lot of our students and we lost a lot of our, our clients and our members and whether it was they moved away or they lost jobs or things like that. It was, it's been quite brutal that way.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it, you know, the COVID hit everybody hard. And, you know, obviously like I said, some places were more stricter than others and, you know, things like that. But I think everybody took some kind of hit and, you know, to be able to bounce back from that and get back to those operating numbers is, you know, I think a lot of things that people are still working on and some are, you know, on their way, some are slowly on their way, but. Yeah. Um, but no, hundred 145 to 150 members. And you said uh, I think here your the martial arts studio is about fourteen hundred square
2: feet or so. Uh Ish. The, the I think I I talked to somebody, the fourteen hundred square feet was uh the gym actually the gym training space yeah like that's so for sweating any fitness that's um you know our cable machines and our ellipticals and our our squat rack and all of that kind of it's about 1400 square feet might be a little bit more um we just actually as of two days ago um so today's tuesday sunday yeah two days ago we got our new squat rack in we moved a bunch of equipment around, added another 300 square feet of space,
4: uh,
2: 200, 300, something like that. So that we just added some extra stuff that way. Um, the martial arts school, we've got, uh, I got one mat space with 1200 square feet. So I got another one of about 600 square feet. And then I got like a private training space of it's like 100 or 135, something like that. So, got, got a little bit more space on the martial arts school. Yeah, but that yeah. being said, um, with the gym, all of our uh, like we've got high interval, high interval intensity training, our hit classes, we got boot camp classes. All of that stuff happens at the martial arts on the martial arts side. So there is um, some sharing of the space that way. Got it.
1: Excellent. Well, cool, man. Appreciate. You know, the, the info, the insight, you know, kind of how everything's set up. You know, there's some shared space in between the two facilities. So um, one thing I didn't catch is, you know, with your the, the gym side of things, is that, you know, more, you know, do you do a little bit of everything? You know, PT, group training, semi-private,
2: um, open gym concept. A little bit of everything. We don't have any small group training going on right now. That's something that we're looking at adding here the next little while. I'm actually looking for a new trainer um, to kind of bolster that. Um, We lost one of our trainers. She, or her other, so she was a personal trainer and she was doing something else Uh, uh, bookkeeping or accounting, something like that. And then they offered her a big raise and a bunch of extra hours. So we, unfortunately, we lost her. Um, so I'm looking for another trainer right now to jump in and do that, that group training that way and, and grow. But, you know, we've got that open gym concept where we're 24 seven access. Uh, I had a good friend of mine who runs a security company who also does martial arts with me. Uh, he came in and did set up our entire security system. So yeah, key fob access 24 um, seven personal training, obviously our classes that open gym concept yeah. A little bit of everything that way. Um, yeah, no, yeah. A little bit of everything. And obviously,
1: you know, as uh, the member base grows everything, you know, hoping to add on to that, you know,
2: um, last couple of questions here. Do you have... to, to follow up with that, we're, yeah. um, we're definitely right now trying to focus on um, sort of that coaching, the, the fitness coaching and sort of that small group, okay, did you, did you get your workout in today? Did you, you know, did you meal prep? Did you, you have, you know, what questions you have when it comes to prepping, you know, how long is the chicken safe in the, in the fridge or whatever it is. Right. Um, We're, we're really trying to move towards that. I see that being um, on as a financial side, you know, I see that being very, um, you know, it will be profitable that way to have that service and, to grow it on a on a service side that's something that uh, people will have, see a lot of benefit out of it there's a lot of value there in, in helping and growing and staying on track and um, my wife does it every time we we kind of get this thing going and then it falls back and we're going to stop doing that but every time we get into doing it we see a lot of benefit. we see a lot of growth you know um, and my wife, I use an example cause she, you know, she's 36 as well. Um, you know, she, and that whole weight thing, like most of the time she loses zero or like two pounds out of the eight weeks where she's, you know, she's eating clean and, um, she's getting lots of workouts in and things like that. But she loses, you know, three inches off her hips or off her stomach and or she, her, um, her body fat percentage goes down or she can, you know, lift 20 pounds more than she was able to. So it's like, well, the number doesn't go down, but her fitness, her ability, the way she looks, the way she feels is significantly higher because she's got this person. Okay. Did you get it done? I'm not going to say I'm disappointed in you, but I'm disappointed in you just slightly cuz you you know, you know I want you to to be on top of it and and that growth uh, uh I've seen you know the benefits that our our members have gotten out of it and it's been really useful that way and and beneficial and then on top of it again it's you know as a as a business it it's useful and um you know as com- the other thing lastly for that is as a competitive side I don't want to compete against snap fitness or uh, anytime fitness which is talking about coming into our location like I don't want to compete against you I have no interest in being the lowest price that's not my goal I don't want to if all you want is the lowest price cool go somewhere else that's not what I'm not what I'm about if you want the best you want the results let's talk
3: yeah
1: <laughs> you provide more value than you know the excuse me provide more value in what you do than just you know here's a ten dollar membership or a fifteen dollar membership or whatever you know there's you know uh integrity and skill behind all that so love to hear that absolutely awesome ken um well um to kind of wrap up a little bit of things here, I want to ask you a couple more questions. Um, One question being, you know, you've got two businesses side by side, you know, one's been open a little bit longer than the other one, you know, for anyone out there looking to start their own business, you know, whether they have a plan or not, you know, what kind of advice would you give to them, you know, starting
3: up?
2: Oh man.
5: Um, Oh, it's weird because
2: immediately in my head, I'm like, just go do it, was my initial thought. But as I get older, older, right, I'm 36. As I get older, I mean, granted, I've been running, uh, running my martial arts school for the last 15 years. I, I do have some experience. Get good at what you're doing. Um, understand what you're doing before you launch into doing something right have a plan know what you're doing there's a lot of a lot of stuff that i jumped into and had a a little you know had some immediate wins like yeah good we got this we got that and then i'm like oh you know if i would have sat and and thought about that or planned that out a little bit more um instead of being a you know a little win it would have been a bigger win Right. I would have had some extra stuff bundled in, or my price would have been a little bit different. Or, um, you know, awesome! I sold a bunch of personal training for uh, thirty dollars a session. Oh wait, hold on! That should have been seventy dollars a session. Blast it! Um, having it the. Un, so the advice I'll, I'll kind of come back to is, do it but understand what you're doing, right? So if you get out, you understand what you're doing. No one's going to stop you, right? Get out, do your best. And if you do good stuff and your stuff's good, you'll be successful, right? And, you know, that's sort of, we talk about you can be the sweetest, you know, orange in the world and people come by and don't like oranges, right? So it doesn't matter how good you are, but if people don't like oranges, then they're not your people anyways, right? Go out, get good at what you're doing and just do it. Don't care about, you know, what people have to say (laughs) and do it. And to that last part, When you're looking at feedback, ask yourself, would I go to this person for advice? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then why would you take criticism from this person? So That's something. I think that's, that's my advice that way.
1: No, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, you know, you have something in your head, just go out and execute and,
2: you know, you'll figure out the rest along the way. but that's that that other side of like would you take advice from this person no so then, don't take criticism from this person that's uh, huge in my opinion right everyone's gonna right you got you're gonna have hundreds or thousands of people that are going to criticize you but would you take advice from this person if the answer is no then ignore their criticism
1: yeah you know take take advice from the people that have actually done it and are successful or are you know more a little more successful than you and you know at least they can have something to speak on absolutely cool Ken um well lastly here as we wrap up um you know I want our listeners to be able to reach you so give a shout out on you know any websites you know Instagram Facebook you know things like that how can our listeners reach you and you know learn more about your uh, facilities
2: oh man I'm terrible for this um (laughs) so uh I, I mean I'm on I'm on Facebook. and on Instagram. Um, I started playing a little bit on TikTok. I'm also on YouTube. Um, Ken Arashito Sumner. Uh, Facebook, Instagram. I think that's my TikTok thing as well. Um, Sweat Equity Fitness. Again, we're in uh, Sylvan Lake, Alberta. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for all of that. So reach us out that way. Uh, quite possibly, Adam, I can look at, Writing those things down and forwarding to him, and we can put them in comments or something that way.
1: For sure, Ken. Um, well, hey, appreciate it. Um, for everyone out there listening, you know, go check out his facilities and you know, Sweat Equity Fitness and the the, the Arashito Martial Arts Studio um, over in Sylvan Lake. So if any of you are in the area, go check it out, take a drive. Um, but other than that, everyone, that's a wrap for the show. If you would like to be on the show, please click on the link below, enter in all your details, we'll reach out.
0: You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call
6: today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today, and my name is Joseph. Joining us on the show is Sarah from 30 Minute Hit, located down in Lubbock, Texas. Welcome to the show, Sarah. How are you doing today?
5: I'm great. Thank you.
6: You're welcome. And I'm uh, pretty excited to have you here today, you know, to speak with a Texan about the gym business. But before we dive into the fun, nitty gritty business side of things, why don't you share with our listeners the inspiration behind becoming a gym owner?
5: Okay. Yes. I would love to. Um, So I started, I've been a, into fitness forever. Um, I'm a kinesiology major. And um, I have, four kids. So I've done, I've, like I said, been in fitness, but I also had multiple children and was busy involved in all their activities. And so through their growing up, I did a lot of personal training, but it was more, um, limited. Cause I had a time frame. I had from eight in the morning to 3 PM. Cause I had to pick all my mm-hmm. kids up. So I loved being able to help people. I loved working with women specifically, um, mm-hmm. But I was realizing I had limited, I couldn't work with as many women as I wanted to work with because I had that limited time frame, and I could only get so many in at a time. So mm-hmm. I wanted something that I could have where I could, would be available to have more people coming in and meet more people and be able to help more. So that's when I started researching, looking at different gym options. And I came up with this one, which is 30 minute hit. And it's a franchise and it's able to, um, it's able for women to come in. It's a quick in and out so we can service more people. So they come in, they check in, they go through the stations, they do their workout, but we also get to be a trainer and do one-on-one with them. So it just kind of fit all the needs. Um, it was women only. It was mm-hmm. a 30 minute hit workout, which I, that's what I like to work with with most of my women. Mm-hmm. And I was able to service more. So that's kind of what made me get into it, Outside of just doing the one on one, but something bigger where I could, like I said, service more service more people.
6: Mm -hmm. So, so far in your journey as a gym owner, what has been the best part, and what has been the most challenging part as the business owner?
5: Um. Well, for me personally, I think the best part because I love working with people. So the best part is being able to meet so many amazing women and women I would have never met um otherwise. So. That's the best part is getting to know my members, seeing their growth, seeing them come in at one level and then reaching, you know, a higher level Mm -hmm. and then seeing them reach those goals as far as, you know, weight management, but also just their goals as far as just feeling overall healthier and their self-esteem. So that's been the best part for me is being able to be a part of their journey. And probably the worst part for me is it's something I'm, I'm getting better at, but I don't have a business background. So um, that's been what I've been challenged with is learning how to manage the business side of things. I don't really enjoy the, you know, crunching the numbers. I don't really enjoy, like, I have six trainers that work for me and I love and I'm fortunate to have amazing trainers. But again, that's not my favorite thing is to manage people that way. (laughs) So that's really been my, I wouldn't say the worst, but I'd say that's the most challenging. So The easiest part of the job for me is just doing the job, like doing the training part, working with the members, you know, getting involved with them. And then the most challenging is, you know, learning how to run a business, like this business side of it. So as far as the numbers and that kind of thing.
6: Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we are here today, you know, with this podcast is because we love to shine light on the reality of being a gym owner. You know, it's not always all sunshine and rainbows. There are some dark trenches sometimes. Yes. Um, But I do want to dive more into a like a quick philosophical approach. You know, let's just say 12 months down the road, where do you want this gym business to be? Whether that be Membership numbers, or revenue, or more trainers, or you know, you stepping outside of the business. What does that look like for you?
5: Okay, yes. Um. Well, you know, of course, it being a new year, January, we're always setting those those goals. Um. And the staff and myself, we we meet every month, and we kind of sit down together as a team and look at those goals and what we want as far as you know, membership numbers what we want as far as cancellations um, and what we're going to do to help with each one of those goals we're setting. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, definitely um, for me personally, we want to grow our, our members. Uh, We opened the gym three years ago. So open right before COVID hit. So it felt we basically were open, I think four months before COVID hit. So really this past year has felt like it's really our first full year of being active and being able to do everything we need to do so we're kind of looking at it that way but um so definitely membership growth um, is what we're really working towards and also member retention so making sure that we're staying on top of the members that are there that they're getting the results they want and also that we're checking in with them if they're not coming in just you know giving a little call and be like hey we missed you because we are smaller boutique fitness so we're able to do that so um, that's our big thing right now is just really pushing, um, that membership growth and that membership or that member retention. Mm-hmm.
6: So what are you currently doing to consistently generate new interest in the business from a marketing standpoint?
5: Uh, well, I have tried in the last year, especially I've gotten really involved in our community because before with this being a franchise, we one of the things that's great about a franchise is they've helped a lot with that as far as the marketing and they do a lot of that for us. So of course we pay a fee, but they do a lot of our power leads. So they generate those power leads through Facebook ads, Instagram ads, that kind of thing, which is awesome. But we also wanted to really do more grassroots marketing to get in, get in the community and kind of get our name out there that way. So, I have done more of that this past year. Um, is getting I'm you know part of the Chamber of Commerce, I'm part of the Apartment Association. I do go to a lot of um events specifically for women to be able to talk about what we offer. Um, so that's kind of in my way of getting out there. I, I go and constantly you know going by nail salons, um, boutiques. We mm-hmm. do, we do, we have a, quite a few nurses that have joined us. So, I've gone there to the hospitals before and kind of taken information and talked to them about all the benefits and we have a lot of teachers as well so I've really gotten involved in this school system here and met with um, the main school districts to talk mm-hmm. to them to see if they offered any discounts for their teachers or if they would help out with you know membership because a lot of schools will do that they'll pay part of the membership fee and um, so I've worked with a lot of them trying to get that generated where we can partner with them and they're they're offering partial payment for that teacher to be a member in our gym. So wow. that's one of the things I would say I've done more of recently in the last year um, is really get out there myself and going out physically and meeting people and talking to them and taking them information and trying to work out those um, deals as far as working with us on membership.
6: So it sounds like you guys do kind of like a two-pronged approach like you do the grassroots marketing as you just said you go out in the community you build those solid relationships person to person but you also use the the vendor from you know the franchisor yeah they provide like the marketing for you so on the you know marketing side of things like the paid advertising you know through the vendor how has that experience been for you like what does an average month look like in terms of leads
5: um like how many leads we get per month or just specifically okay um and you know of course it varies month to month of course and there's months that are a little slower than others but i would say on average i was trying to think the last couple of months um we usually get in within i would say at least probably 75 to 100 Mm -hmm. average leads that come through and they have set up a new system too with the franchise too they're constantly changing and growing and improving Mm -hmm. but one of the recent things they've done the last probably four months I guess is we've uh, created a a texting system so Mm -hmm. now we're able to it'll it'll automatically text the potential member and then we're able to start that conversation via text and we've seen that's shown a huge improvement because before it was through email or it was just them clicking on and so we're seeing that we're getting more leads that are actually coming in so that we're getting them to, you know, book the appointment and come in to see us. So um, that's increased quite a bit through that um, text messaging that they've just implemented in the last couple of months.
6: Okay. So is there any calling involved or is
5: it mainly through texting? So mainly through texting, we do have the option to call and it's kind of nice the way they have this. They've set up that texting system you can type in your number on the texting system and click call now and you'll call from your cell phone, but it will show the person you're calling the number that's been texting them. So Mm -hmm. it'll connect you. Uh, but we, we've seen for us anyway, that the texting has been better. Um, I think just now how people are now, it's just so much easier to text than to pick up phone and talk. So, um, we've seen really great results with just the texting. Mm,
6: that's, That's good to hear because, uh, I understand where you're coming from there with like people wanting to text more because it's easier and you don't have to have that awkward conversation if you're like, you know, you're like cold calling or warm calling someone. Yeah. Uh, So, so out of those approximate, you know, 70, 75 leads or so, how many normally come into the facility?
5: that actually book and come in. Yeah. Uh, again, that varies month to month as well. I was trying to think of our last two months, because we just went over all this. Uh, but last month, I think we had, um, it's 40, it was about 45% that came in off of those leads. Um, but again, we're, we're continuing to, I feel like getting better and better about closing those and getting them in since we started the text messaging. So, because um, we just started that like two months ago, two to three months ago. So uh, but we are seeing an increase in that where they're actually clicking on it, we're texting them and they're physically coming in. So, um, so that's, that's improved quite a bit. Okay.
6: Well, it's always good to hear that, you know, there's upward growth. It's always great to hear in business. Um, yes. So approximately 45% of the 70 leads or so come in on average out of those 45% of people, how many do you guys, you know, close on a membership?
5: So we've set a goal for ourselves, and we've been able to meet it the last three months. So we've, our sales conversions have been about 70% each month, the last three months. So which is where we want to to be. And um, so I've been very pleased with that. Yeah. Good.
6: (laughs) Good. My goodness. That's uh, always fun to hit the goals. Yes.
5: We always say our theory is when you look at someone coming in, I mean, there's a breakdown, you know, you have the ones, there's probably 33% of them that come in that, they're coming in. They already know they want to join. They've they picked it because they're ready to join. So it's our job to sell them on all the points that they're wanting to be hit, you know. And then you have like a thirty-three percent again that you're really gonna have to work it to get them in there. And then you have a third, you know, the last thirty-three percent that maybe are just coming in for the free workout and they have no intention of signing, you know, but mm-hmm. one thing with us that we've really been pushing and it's helped quite a bit too, is even if they don't sign, we get, you know, we get a Google review from them, we get a picture. So it all, you know, helps. And most of the ones that don't sign, they enjoyed the workout. They just never meant you know, financially, whatever the reason, they're not going to sign, but at least you can get a great review off of them. So still a win.
6: <laughs> yeah. Still win for the business. My goodness. Yes. Yeah. Um, So since we have, you know, mentioned that there are ups and downs with business, what do you think is the, you know, main challenge or bottleneck that you guys may be, you know, facing right now, you know, that may hold you back from achieving the goals down the road?
5: Um, well, I think now as a whole, and I think for other gym owners I talked to as well, I mean, I feel like people are, fine. they're realizing, which is great, especially after COVID and all the things we've been through. I do think people are realizing how important health and fitness is. Um, and so we did see an upswing in that a little bit of people starting to come back in and they're like, yeah, we realize this needs to be a priority. But then also people are, you know, also seeing that they want to travel and they want to do all these things. So, I mean, the, you have to figure out your money, you know, where it's going to go. So I think right now is just really, you um, you know, just working on showing the members what, what the benefit is of them coming in and getting that workout and, you know, that self-care that we all need. So I think that's the part that's just always going to be a challenge is just letting people know that this, the money spent for this is worth it in the long run, you know? So I think right now people are trying to figure out where they're going to spend that, that money on. So I think that's a big challenge on gym owners as a whole, just showing them that benefit and how you know, it, it's worth it to, to put money, invest in themselves, I guess you should say.
6: So how do you guys present that, hey, this is worth your money? How do you, you know, deliver that message to your members to keep them for the long term?
5: Um, I think one of the big selling points for us, again, we're women only, so we have that niche. That's who we cater to. But for me to a lot of them that come in are moms. We also have some college students. I mean, of course we have all ages, but as a whole, as a woman, we always talk to them about, you know, this is, we give so much to others. We give to our family, we give to our work, we give to whatever, but in order to be our best self, we need to take care of ourselves. So we always just really kind of drive in that point of, you know, to be the best for everything you need to be for other people, you have to take care of yourself so that you have that energy and you have the health where you're not getting sick all the time. And, you know, you just, all those things will make you more productive and better in everything that you do. So that's one of the things we always drive in to women when they're, are coming in or when, or if they are trying to think, well, oh, I don't know if I, you know, I feel selfish for spending this money on myself or maybe I shouldn't do this or you know so we just really list and there's a slew of, and with any fitness workout but there's so many benefits that come along with it so I mean stress release you know for us and empowerment for we do boxing and kickboxing so we really sell that and the women that come in that you, it's a feeling of empowerment and also you're learning some self-defense with it so they're getting not only an amazing workout, they're getting to learn a skill, you know? So all these things together are going to help you with everything else that you need to do. So that's kind of what we drive into every time we have a potential member or the members that we have just to keep them there, you know, just showing them the, especially the members we already have, we really want to show them that we can continue to challenge them and show them their results and And make sure that it's a happy place that they get to come in and relieve that stress. So it's just a constantly like that customer service and making sure that they're getting the best every time they walk through that door.
6: So how do you navigate with someone who has like limiting beliefs about, Hey, you know, is this a good investment? How do you break the wall down and like break those limiting beliefs?
5: Well, that, that's a hard one. <laughs> we do have that sometimes. So I think breaking that wall down is more just being, um, and I try to always do this and I'm trained all my trainers to be this way, but for us as a trainer, as we're talking to them to be completely authentic to you and genuine, you know, we're not just trying to bring them in here and make the sale because we need the money. I mean, you do want them in there. You, we do need the members, but I want to really get to know the potential client that's coming in. So as they come in, we ask them several questions before you even start the workout. Like, you know, what, what brought you here? What, what are you wanting out of this? What, what have you done in the past? And, you know, so, cause everybody has different needs and wants as they come in and do this workout, some people, some women come in and they're just wanting something to relieve the stress. You know, they're, they have a stressful job. They're like, I don't even really care about the you know the health benefits or the fitness, I just want to get all this stress out, you know, or I want to come and have a trainer that can work with me and have that, you know, connection or whatever it is. So I just think it's I think for us to kind of break that barrier if they do have any hangups is to really generally get to know the potential member as they come in. So take the time to ask the right questions, really talk to them and find out what what because they came in for a reason. They pushed the button and signed up. So there, there's something in there that's making them want to want to do this workout so I think it's just really like I said getting to know as much as you can and we don't have a whole lot of time but in that time frame that you have is generally asking the right kinds of questions um, getting to know them individually and then seeing what we have to offer for that specific need that they're looking for so if they're like I said if they're coming just for stress release you don't have to go over all the stuff on the fitness side you know you can really emphasize about well you're about to get to punch and kick things and that you don't normally get to do that so it's a great it's a great stress release you know so we can focus on that part so just mainly getting to know that person before and even we do get to know them a little bit before they come in through text messaging we'll ask certain questions um like if someone comes in and they're they they do not have a kids so we're not going to show them the kid area because they're not going to care about that you know okay. if they have kids and that's a big selling point is you get to bring your kids. You can work out right here. Your kid can watch you. It's only 30 minutes. So just um, really getting to know before they walk in that door. And then the second they walk in that door, again, getting to just being very authentic and genuine with them and trying to get to know exactly what they're needing out of it. And then you kind of know the right sort of uh, things to show them as far as the benefits side of things.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: So
6: along with the question-based frameworks of getting them to open up and be vulnerable and have them feel understood and also understanding their situation in life. What else have you done to, you know, increase buy-in into the facility? Have you guys gone down the apparel route, the supplements route? What else have you guys done there?
5: Now, actually, I mean, ours is strictly, you know, just coming for the workout. So with it, again, with it being a franchise, there are specific rules that we have to follow within the franchise. So we do sell, we do sell, um, you know, of course, shirts, water bottles, that kind of thing. But I will say that's very minimum. I mean, we we offer it almost more. Just we do like a member of the month type of thing, so they get a prize for that. But as far as supplementation, any of that stuff, we don't have anything else. So it's literally come in, you get this awesome workout, and you get that connection with the trainer. Um, so as far as Outside of that, um, no, we mainly just the main sale we're selling right there is just the feeling of getting this great workout and getting in and out in 30 minutes because a lot of women, not that men aren't too, but women are very busy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> busy schedules. So that's a big selling point is um, I think, especially nowadays that they enjoy being able to come in and get, you know, a killer workout, but being able to do it in 30 minutes and in and out the door. So that's a big, big selling point to you on that part.
6: Work out, get it done, get out, live your life, yeah. right?
5: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
6: So Sarah, why don't you share with the listeners that one piece of advice that you wish you had when you first, you know, got into gym ownership?
5: Um, well, I will say one, and I don't know if all are like this, but one thing I had to really work on and wish I, I would have known um is. I mean, like I said before, we do really want to get to know the members. We we try to be authentic. We we become friends with them. But on the other hand, also realizing as an owner, like not to think, take things so personally. So if, you know, you say, say you have a member, they've been there for a couple of months, you think you're doing an amazing job for them. And then they, they cancel their membership, you know, and I, I had a hard time with that in the beginning. Like, Taking it very personally, like it was against me personally, when really it's just whatever the situation is. Maybe they, you know, finally realizing maybe they just couldn't afford it at the time, or maybe they're just not getting there enough, or whatever it is. So I think just going into owning the gym, being kind to yourself and understanding too that, you know, don't take everything so personally, but also understanding that you're going to make some mistakes, you're going to learn how to you know, as you, I know for me personally, in the last three years, I've definitely learned more and more and better how to, to respond to a member. If there's any issues or things are going on, you know, you kind of learn that as you go through it. So just be kind to yourself and know there might be a few mistakes here and there. And then again, don't take things too personally.
6: (laughs) Yes. So definitely give yourself grace and that this is business at the end of the day, right? Yeah,
5: exactly. Yes. Yes.
6: Wow. Well, that is good, Sarah. It does look like we're running short on time here with the episode, but before we hop off, why don't you share with our listeners your social media links and your website so they can find you on the internet?
5: Oh yeah, I'd love to do that. So we're at lubbock.hit on Instagram. And then on Facebook, we're a 30 minute hit lubbock on Facebook. Um, same with our website, 30 minute hit lubbock. So L-U-B-B-O-C-K. There we go. <laughs> Awesome,
6: Sarah. Thank you for uh, sharing those. And I want to thank you personally for hopping on the podcast today. It was a great time speaking with you.
5: Well, thank you for inviting me. It was fun.
6: You're welcome. And it was uh, truly a pleasure. And to all of our listeners, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another
0: episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
5: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
4: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Jeff Butterworth, owner of RX Strength Training in Somerville, Massachusetts. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Hannah.
4: Awesome. We're super excited to have you on. Before we dive into the gym and how you run it, first, I want to know what made you want to start this gym in the first place?
3: Well, um, I work, I've i been working four gyms for a little while, and I was working for another gym in a uh, basically the next city over. Uh, I was doing okay there. Um, part of the fitness director position and I was doing a lot of uh, coaching and training, uh, and then just got to a point that I figured I could do what better, what, uh, I, I could do better myself than what I was having to do over there. Uh, and kind of took the leap to take all the toys that I'd bought over the years, found a tiny commercial real estate space to lease and started coaching clients and classes.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. I love that you started, um, In the industry and then had that entrepreneurial spirit where you saw you could, you could improve it and do it yourself. So I think that's cool. So tell us about, (laughs) yeah, tell us about RX um, strength training. So today, how do you describe it? What are the services that you offer? What can someone expect?
3: Um, well, so our strength training started off as very much kind of a, a small area for us to be able to do, like I said, the clients and in class interaction. Uh, and when we moved into this much bigger space, which I'm very lucky to have, um, we started getting you know more and more toys. We started let uh, the classes started to grow. We started offering more classes uh, to the point that where we are now is not only do we have open gym available for people to come in and just use the equipment, we have a weightlifting club, we have a powerlifting club, um, a kettlebell sport club, which not a lot of people know about kettlebell sport, but we're kind of the weird island of misfit toys it's fine Uh, we even do a little bit of strongman training and we have some ultimate frisbee uh, teams that train here um in addition to that we offer a bunch of different types of classes we do workshops and seminars uh and we even have a module where members can come in 24 7 if they want to
4: that's awesome okay so tell me about your staff it sounds like you have a lot of different specialized classes do you have um trainers that you hire are they freelance do they all specialize in something different tell me about that a little bit
3: Sure. Um, Just about everybody is an employee with us now. So everyone really is on staff. They're here for a lot of hours during the week and they'll be doing their personal training, but uh, almost everybody, like you mentioned, does indeed have some kind of a specialty. So even though your coach uh, running the class might be doing a great job with general fitness, general um, population fitness folks and running the workout. uh, We have a couple of uh, uh, coaches who are specifically powerlifting coaches and they're tremendous. We have some coaches who are specifically weightlifting. I'm specifically kettlebell sport uh everybody has their own little niche but we all come together in a uh, general capacity to, to kind of run the gym and make it feel like a family
4: that's awesome yeah and i want to go back to when you were training when you were you know working at other clubs what things did you like about the places that you worked and what did you really want to see in your own space that you thought you could do differently or better
3: I think the outside of just having equipment, because when I opened, it was pretty much what I could fit in my car. Uh, The working at a place was having nice equipment, but mostly it was a sense of community but when it's not your own space, your own gym, you don't really get to dictate the community that much. And because these were all commercial gyms, the community is not going to be as robust as if you can really make a family type uh, type thing out of this. So uh, one of the things that I really set out to do first and foremost was make sure that everyone coming in the door really felt like they belonged and really felt like this was somewhere they could come whenever this is their second home. They're supposed to be coming here to train and to have fun, not to come because they're supposed to work out or somebody told and they need to work out. Uh, they should enjoy coming here and feel comfortable doing just about anything they want.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. And so I'm curious, how do you find people who fit your culture? Like, how do you market the gym um, and get people in the doors?
3: So a lot of I think where we've ended up is luck. Uh, and there, so we do very well with word of mouth. Uh, and we've done a little bit of advertising here and there, but a, a large percentage of it is social media. Uh, and you know, just like Gym Launch, uh, the best way to get your message out is by having followers catering to the people that what they want to see, but also having consistent content. So we're always trying to promote our powerlifting clubs, our weightlifting clubs. We're always trying to promote the open gym. Uh, The fact that we are very dog friendly, you'll see a couple of them running around here and people can bring their pups uh, anytime they want. Uh, Our record, by the way, is 12 at one time. We've had 12 dogs at one time. So it's lovely. Um, So we really just try to create that sense of community so that people want to come in here. And this is kind of a gym for everyone. So, oh, I'm sorry to answer your question. It's mostly social media marketing. Uh, We use Instagram and Facebook a lot.
4: Okay, sweet. And do you do like paid advertising through Instagram and, and Facebook or is it mostly like organic posting?
3: Yep, uh, a little bit of both, but we do, we have been doing paid advertisements with both for a little while, and then we've been using uh, some content creators to help us put together specific ads and targeted ads and, and such, probably for the past six months or so. Uh, we've never done that before, so it is working out well, um, but you know, you just got to make sure you stay in touch with them because no one can create real content that represents your brand better than you or your
4: coaches. Yeah, definitely. What has your experience been with social media marketing, you said you've kind of adopted it over the last six months. What's the difference you've seen in, you know, members or leads beforehand versus now? What's been the biggest difference so
3: we've definitely been getting more visibility since we were since we started working with a team that is marketing specifically for us the content we were creating earlier really was driving a lot of people and you know uh, i wasn't a genius at this we were just doing the kind of you know targeted hashtags and making sure that we were uh going to be specific to the area in reaching our neighbors uh but for the most part um i think the i think the addition of this team has helped us a lot uh especially those targeted ads because rather than having to put up a post that it just sort of shows who we are with a general statement. They're putting together uh, blocks and images that have all the information right on the page, uh, all the details that people might want to know so they don't have to dig through the caption on it. So working with a team like that has definitely been a positive thing, uh, but I am not good enough at this to really know what the data means yet. We'll figure that out soon.
4: <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's definitely a game of, you know, plug in, see what works, see what doesn't and, and yep. tweak. It's, it's like that for a long time. So I totally hear you on that. When you say like a marketing team, do you go through an agency or do you have you know someone in the gym that does it for you? How does that work?
3: Yep, it's a local agency called PPL Labs. They're uh, based right here in Boston. Uh, so while everything we've done with them has been electronic, uh, they do know the area pretty well, and they're they're good kids.
4: Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome that you found help. I think it's really important to kind of invest in the in the growth of your business, and I'm glad it's been beneficial for you all so far. Much so. Um, so I'm curious if somebody clicks on an ad or they call in and they're interested, what's the next step in turning that lead or that interest into a whole member? What's the process there?
3: Well, we do try to ask minimal questions because nobody wants to read a book when you're just looking to go and sign up for the gym. Uh, so we, I try to sort of figure out what it is that they're in the market for, what their personality might come across in the email, uh, if they use any specific keywords like, I want to train powerlifting. Then I know that I'm gonna send them to one of my powerlifting coaches. Uh, And everyone that comes in gets what we call a free fitness strategy session where they can meet with any of the coaches to discuss their goals, discuss who we are, discuss where they'll fit best. And then I sort of pair them off to uh, the the proper coach or the proper avenue. Some people want to just come in for open gym, but even if they're coming in for open gym, I want them to feel like they're welcome. So even anybody in that uh, capacity, I'm going to meet with them personally so I can show them around the gym, tell them what we're all about, introduce them to some of the coaches Who are here during that time and they know that they belong right away rather than just walking in and you're just going to be another number
4: yeah i love that that's super important and it sounds like you're very growth minded like you're investing in the growth of the gym what is the goal um for this year we'll start with this year what's the 2023 goal for the business
3: well, the 2023 goal is to continue to expand within the walls that we have. I'm trying really hard to grow the footprint of our two main sport, uh, strength sport clubs, the powerlifting team and the weightlifting team. And that's going pretty well. We're, we're operating at a full, uh, at a decent capacity for the weightlifting and the powerlifting is fairly young. So we're looking to get that to grow more and more. Uh, obviously the businesses survive very well on our open gym members. So we want to have more of them here. If I could get another 40% on top of our open gym, then we'd really be more financially viable and I can pour more money into the space, uh, into equipment and things like that. Uh, And then long-term, probably past 2023, we are looking to open up new spaces. Uh, We almost did that leading into 2020 and I'm anecdotally glad that we didn't uh, because we may have lost both. Uh, But um, in general, we wanna make this facility, this place where Team RX really lives, really robust, have everything that people could possibly want And then we'll take that blueprint and we'll try to replicate that somewhere else.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's important. Solidify, you know, the space that you're at now, get it to, you know, your ideal point and then replicate. So what do you think is maybe the biggest struggle or the biggest challenge you're facing now in your current space? Uh,
3: It does end up being space uh, because where we are, it is a pretty large spot. We're lucky, very, very lucky to have this room that I'm in is about 5,000 square feet. And we have a smaller private training room where we house like, a, like a, uh, one would allude to, uh, private training, some small group training, and then our physical therapist is in there as well. Um, so that's another 1,000 square feet. So to have 6,000 square feet in Somerville that is appropriate for a gym is very fortunate. But still, with the number of people that will get in here doing uh, their specific uh, strength sport disciplines to classes running at the same time in open gym, we can have 50 people working out here at one time. And so it can be a little bit of a puzzle to move people around to be sure they know where they belong and where nobody's stepping on each other's toes and yeah you know
4: yeah i can imagine so do most of your classes take place during like busy times i would assume like mornings and evenings are where you see like the most the most class participation
3: so admittedly, pre-pandemic, our classes were more robust. We had more of them and they were more populated. But uh, at the moment, and at the moment as they're climbing, yeah, our, our busy times tend to be when the classes are, are happening, six and seven, six and seven in the morning, six and seven in the evening. Uh, and that is also when most people are coming before and after work. So we definitely have our busy times and then our uh, lull times, as you see right now. Uh, I think just being on a Tuesday, it's a little cold out, and we just got snowed on. I think uh, that's 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 preventing some people from choosing to come in this afternoon, but we'll see them all this evening instead,
4: yeah, that's right. So, um, what would you say is like a way you could break through that bottleneck? I know, it's probably not everyone has the answer, but I think a lot of people have that same challenge where they could get more people in the door, but not at the times that most people want to come in. So do you have um an idea or a strategy on? how to target people who might be available in those like down hours.
3: Sometimes down we actually are going to be doing that. We're, we're piloting this with our strength sport clubs uh, because we do get, especially the weightlifting platforms will be really, really busy at night. And so mm-hmm. what we're starting to see, what we're starting to collect is the data on who is coming in when, and then we look to see if those people are coming in during any other times. So we can kind of specifically, in a one-on-one capacity, target and ask them, hey, would you be able to come in during another time so that we can get more people into the space? Uh, so we're going to start that off first with our strength sport club, most notably powerlifting and weightlifting. And then if that works out pretty well, which I assume it will because we have good personal connections with everybody, we're going to transition that and see if we can start to use that in a full gym. Never want anybody to feel like they're not going to be allowed to come into the gym at any certain point, but I want to make sure that everybody gets to use the equipment they need when they're here. And we have a lot of squat racks, but they get
4: busy. <laughs> yes, that's <so> true. Yeah. <laughs> they coveted squat racks for sure. <laughs> nice. um, so after a member comes in, they were a lead, they're now a member. How do you keep people long-term? How do you keep them um, wanting to stay a member of the gym for the long run?
3: So uh, I think the, the answer that I have to that is almost exactly the answer that, you gave, uh, that I gave you about the old space that we offered and how we handle it. Uh, one is equipment. We have new toys coming in all the time because I have a problem. Um, and uh, I like to share, uh, share that problem with other people who want to play with toys. But the biggest thing is community. Uh, and we try to just have a really friendly, really open vibe with uh, everyone who comes in. Uh, And we try to have member events all the time, which I know is a big one for a lot of gyms, Uh, holiday parties. And, you know, we have an annual barbecue that we do have a big roast come in and all that. Uh, But uh, generally speaking, to make this a community where people want to come, even if they don't feel like training hard that day, if they want to come in and do a set of bicep curls, but they're just coming in to see their friends. That is a huge win because that means this is their place that they want to go. They don't want to go to a bar. They don't want to go shopping. They don't want to binge watch Netflix. They want to come to the gym because they know all their friends are here.
4: Yes, definitely. I think that's that's great, and I think getting people to be more healthy and more fit, it comes down to making it sustainable and something that they want to come back to. And so, I think creating that strong community is a great way to keep people healthy and engaged too. So, I think that's really Very
3: cool. Great. Yeah, and yeah. it's just a fun place to
4: be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I a gym with twelve dogs is a gym I want to be at. <laughs> that's
3: right. Gravy is right behind me. So I love that.
4: That's awesome, hey, buddy.
3: come up. <laughs> It's gravy. So
4: cute. I love that.
3: <laughs> oh, Sean is his dad.
4: <laughs> That's so cool. So, okay, so tell me, you alluded to expanding more locations. If you had a magic wand and you could wave it tomorrow and just had, you know, the gym of your dreams, yes. what would it look like? Is it more locations? Is it different services? You know, if money wasn't an object, what would it look like?
3: You know, I think it's I think it's more locations. Uh, because the thing that I enjoy most about owning a gym is people. It used to be training. It used to be, you know, getting to do my sport and, you know, seeing other people, uh, you know, engage like that. And I still do love all those things. Really proud when someone hits a PR back squat. Really proud when somebody hits a PR snatch. But I think what I like the most is people. Uh, And so the more people we can get, the better I'll feel about it. I'll feel like we're making a difference and you know, other people's lives and, uh, giving them an option that isn't like, I'd mentioned one of those other passive things and making them healthier and happier. Uh, but it just, uh, and you know, well obviously making more money isn't the worst thing, but I think having more gyms is really where I'd like to be.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. The more lives you can change, the more money you can make. That's what I love about the industry. It's just a everyone. That's awesome. <laughs> right. So Jeff, what would be your biggest piece of advice to somebody who wants to own their own gym someday? A lot of our listeners, you know, are sitting in the, the shoes of someone who wants no, to own a gym.
3: They exactly. Yeah, they listen uh, to this
4: for some, some advice. What would you say to them?
3: This, I, I don't think this is going to come off as negative, but just in case it does, I promise this is actually very, very much a positive. But for anybody who is a driven athlete an ambitious coach who really, really loves to train and really loves to work out, probably the most important thing you can know before you open a gym is that as soon as you own the business, it is no longer about you. Um, it's, that's not something where I'm not crushed under the heel of my, my members and my athletes ambitions. It just means that if I want to run a really, really good place, I want to consider them first. And it's something that I actually really enjoy. I like to see people happy and doing well here. My training often comes second or third, uh, but owning a gym and really making this a successful endeavor means that I want to take care of them before I take care of me. Uh, and there are probably other ways to do that out there and, you know, have people follow by an example, but if I can make sure that they're happy, I'm happy.
4: Yeah. I think that's really good advice. I think people get into it sometimes and think that they're just going to get to work out all day and just, yep. you know, try new equipment and it's, it's, you become the employee to your members instead of someone above you
3: in a way. Very nice. uh, yeah. in, a, in a very positive way, yes. we are sort of the public servant of the gym.
4: Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. Um, but Jeff, before we sign out here, where can people follow along with the gym? Where can we find you on social media? What's your website? Share all of that with us.
3: Easy enough to find us on Facebook, I'm sure. It's just Rx Strength Training. And then easy, uh, even easier on that, our website is the very complicated rxstrengthtraining.com. Um, uh, we are It's the exact same thing. Rx Strength Training is one word, is on Instagram. And you can also follow along with Rx Powerlifting and Rx Weightlifting as our own individual club sport teams.
4: Awesome. Okay. So rxstrengthtraining.com, RX Strength Training on Instagram, and then RX weightlifting and powerlifting yep. also. Awesome. Our, awesome. Yeah.
3: We try to get as much as we possibly can. And we love having new people come in and join the team. And if anybody has any questions about how to engage a strength sport discipline club within an existing gym that often does classes and open and and uh, other open gym hours, I'm absolutely happy to talk to anybody that needs to know.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, we really appreciate your contribution to the show today.
3: All right. Thank you very much, Anna. It was really a joy to be on.
4: Awesome. Yes, we appreciate you. We appreciate all of the listeners out there as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lloyd's out.